We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have a mailbag episode. We're just going to go through some questions that we received on Instagram, and we're going to answer all those questions on episode 103 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 103 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Blue Chew and Bet Online AG. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as usual, Malcolm and Peter. How are you guys doing today? Woo! Tyler, I'm still living that quarantine life, bro. I got you. Nice. All right. You know, what? we had some. Still? <laughs> We've we've had some nicer weather lately in Michigan. You know, had some sun. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's been nice. You know, got a little tan out here, which has been nice. Malcolm, how's the weather been in Florida? I've been seeing a lot of rain, a lot of memes lately. Yeah, it's been it's been raining, but um, actually yesterday and today hasn't actually it hasn't rained. No. Oh, so okay. it's been straight. Yeah, it's been straight. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, for today's episode, we are not doing another episode of Lions Feud. If you guys haven't checked out the last two, go check those out. Episode 100, episode 102. We did a Lions Feud, uh, a Lions-based game show. So if you guys are interested in that, go check those out. But for today's episode, we got no guests for us. It's just us three. And we're going to be doing a mailbag. You know, we haven't done one of these in a great minute. So let's not waste any more time. Peter's got the questions. He's going to read off the first whatever so questions and we'll switch it off to malcolm and then we'll go off to me and then you guys will get the pattern as we go but pierre 
The show's yours right now, man. Cause some came in the mail today. These nuts. <laughs> Got him. <he. laughs> Got him. <he. laughs> Alright, so the first question is from Pac Jones 18. And these are coming from Instagram. So he said, Who do you see as being the leaders and central players of our team in five to ten years? Um, so I look at this team, I think of the young guys right now. Uh, Okuda, obviously, I mean, you hope he'd be the focal player in five to ten years. You draft him at number three, right? Uh, Tracy uh. Walker, uh, Kenny got Kenny will be kind of like in his 30s. Hawk. Stafford, if he's still around, Hawk for sure. Stafford, if he's still around, your quarterback is always the leader of your team. Um, I don't know who else, Julian Okwara. I mean, DeAndre Swift, you hope those guys, hopefully, Frank Ragnow, you know. So, those are a couple young guys. Did I miss anyone? Uh, you said Stafford in five to ten years? Yeah, it's like, a... I mean, what, what is he right now? 32? Like, 37? He could still be here. Yeah, well, five, could be. If I look at it like this, though, I mean, this is a little off the kind of the question, but if it's a bad year for the Lions next year, let's say new regime oh. change. Let's say Bob Quinn, Patricia, everybody's out. Let's just say it's a bad year, hypothetically. I'm not saying it's going right. to happen. Hypothetically, it happened, let's say. Um, I can why, see a whole new regime. Why would you, could, why would you think that, though? I'm just saying. You know, you got you got to think <laughs> long term. I could see a scenario where the Lions, you know, draft the quarterback, whoever the new GM or coach is, whatever, wanting a new quarterback and then, you know, starting a little rebuild, maybe not a little rebuild, a full on rebuild and, you know, just going on with what they have already and then, you know, going a little bit younger. But that's going to that's why there's a lot on the line this year, a lot to determine. But uh, no, I think you kind of knocked out, you know, most of the guys that, you know, will be long term plans, guys like DeAndre Swift, guys like TJ Hawkinson. Jeff Akuda, you know, mainly I need those guys from the 2018 class, including Kenny Gowdy from the 17 class. So, you know, most of those guys from 18, 19, and obviously this year's draft. So, um, that's the plan, you know, you hope at least, you know. Maybe the Sean Hand, hopefully if he's healthy. You don't want no 2015 classes where none of those guys are around anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want that. Because, you know, we're five years now, and now one of those guys are on the team. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. we don't want any of that. So... You know, if we can get like seven to ten of those guys, that's a win, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next question is from Dylan underscore Hackney one hundred. What's the worst and best record you could see us having this year? Oh wow. What's your, um, what's your floor? Okay, I'll probably say like four and twelve. Like if they get injuries early in the year and they continue to mount four and twelve, if they stay healthy, they win games. 12 and 4, 13 and 3. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is that if Stafford does go down, I mean, that's the worst case scenario. They're not winning much games. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, like a 4, 4, 14. What is it? 4, 4 13? 4, 12. It's not, four the, 12, added, four it's not 12. the added game yet this year. Okay. 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 So, 4 and 12. And then what's the ceiling? Man, I, no. Super my Bowl? ceiling My <laughs> ceiling for this team is 11 and 5. Okay. Okay. Okay, you but the thing is, the thing is, if they're playing the way they're supposed to play, I mean, I think they can hang with everybody on their schedule. Now, it all it comes down to can they close out every game on their schedule? So that's the question. Yeah, yeah. it's a big question every year. Uh, my floors, I'm very similar with you guys. I could see like a repeat of last year if they, you know, deal with a lot of injuries, three thirteen, four and twelve, somewhere around that range. I agree with that. As the 
as a ceiling. I don't see that happening, though. I, I really don't. I think that would be if everything went wrong again. I don't see that happening with Patricia year three. Uh, the ceiling for this team, you know, I've got to go like 10 and 6, maybe 9 and 7. I kind of see somewhere in the middle of that. We'll get into another question when we do our record prediction, but somewhere around that range, I would say 10 and 6 or 9 and 7. I think if everything goes well, I think the talent's solid to compete with like almost everybody in the league. It's just could they close it out? I don't know that yet. So, yeah, I'd probably say 10 and 6 is the highest ceiling they can, you know, this team could reach. Like, by stealing, like not like record prediction, like if everything goes perfectly, you think yeah. it's ten and six, really? I think it's ten and six. I don't think we're like oh, okay. the top. I don't think we're a top league in the team right now. I don't think we compete with the Niners, and I think we can compete with them in a game. I don't think we compete with them record wise, like with the Niners, um, who's some other Saints, you know, just those top teams. I just don't think we're on that level yet, to be totally That's honest fair. with you. You know, when I think of like a a ceiling, a high ceiling, I think of those teams. When you say like 13, 14 wins, I think of like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens. I don't see the Lions in that category yet. I think they're, you know, if we had to put tiers, I think they might be a tier under or maybe even two tiers under that, honestly. All right. I was just thinking kind of like because the Packers, like, were they really like, – they won 13 no. games last year, right? But were they really exactly. a 13-team win? That's kind of why I thought it was like if everything goes right, like the defense balls out, the offense yeah. like does their thing. That's kind of how I thought of the question, but like I agree with you. Like I don't, I don't think they'll go thirteen and three or twelve and four. Probably yeah. more like nine to eleven wins. But we'll get back. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we got record predictions in this uh, in this mm-hmm. thing, so we'll save that. All right, what's next? Um, so these are two questions. We'll combine them into one. It's from Tink Days uh, with a Z. Do you think the Lions should try and sign Jadavian Clowney or or Everson Griffin? Um, Clowney does. Clowney wants to play for a good team, apparently. So the Browns have an offer for him, but he doesn't want to play for Cleveland. And then um, Everson Griffin makes a lot of sense to me because he could play end, he could play tackle. It's just on his uh, what he's asking for. It depends what he's asking for. I mean, if it's like a one-year deal with incentives, I'm down for it. But I don't think Clowney would want to play for Detroit. Um, yeah. Okay. What do you understand with this, Malcolm? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not 100% sure if Clowney would want to. I mean, you turned on Cleveland, and there's a lot of talent there. I don't see a reason that he would want to jump up to play for Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions. So I I, I don't know. I definitely agree. They wonder about EG, Everson Griffin. Like Pierre said, it could be a fit. Um, He could play inside, he could play outside. It'll be a good, it'll be a good pickup, man. I mean, I think we're we're missing another piece, and I think they're gonna make another signing before the before training camp. But I think probably during training camp they'll make a another signing. Hopefully it'll be um, hopefully it'll be Griffin. Okay, so you're you're high on Griffin, obviously. Yeah, um, I mean, I, 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 either either I mean, I really want either him or Mike Daniels. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, for Jadavian Clowney, I think personally it's a better fit for the Detroit Lions, but. You know, attracting Jadavian Clowney to Detroit, I personally don't see that happening as well. But if we're talking fit, I think he fits perfectly in that Jack role for this team. Um, you know, right now you have unexperienced guys. Austin Bryant had limited snaps last year. Julian Aquara, obviously a rookie. So, you know, that Jack, and you obviously released Devon Kennard. So that Jack spot right now is very unexperienced, has potential to be good. But, you know, we just don't know yet. So Jadavian Clowney, hypothetically, I think makes more sense. I just don't mm-hmm. see the attraction of Jadavian Clowney, like Malcolm was saying, to, you know, lose his socks to play for Matt Patricia, who won three games if he just denied a team that won seven games last year in Cleveland and, that, and has improved a lot this offseason as well. So I would prefer a Jadavian Clowney before Everson Griffin, but I don't see either of them happening, to be totally honest with you. 
you did mention, you know, Griffin could play some three tech, but I look at him more as an end, and I think they kind of have their end already that they paid last year in Trey Flowers. And, you know, if Detroit is willing to go to a, a more multiple front, play maybe a little little more 4-3 up front, you know, have two defensive ends, uh, we haven't personally seen that, I don't think. But, um, you know, if they want to have two ends, like a Flowers and Griffin on one side of the other, you know, that could be very scary. But uh, Patricia and New England, I've never seen two hands in the dirt, you know, multiple times. So I don't know the fit there would be, but maybe at the three tag, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, you could, like, slide flowers inside. Like, you could move them around, interchange them. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I agree. I don't think, like, I don't think he'll, I don't think they'll sign him. I don't know. I feel like, I think he'll end up going back to Minnesota in the other day. But we'll see. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, th- I think he goes to a team where they're, they're going to put his hands in the dirt and he's going to be on the end spot. I just don't see him wanting to take a full-on three-tech role or something like that. All right. Uh, Malcolm, now uh, to you with the questions. Oh, okay. Um, so this question is from, <laughs> it's from Instagram one, six, four. That's the official Instagram page, by the way, if you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah a, okay. Um, his question is make a record prediction. Okay. Um, I'll start off with this. So I said their ceiling is 10 and six. And I said their basement is around that four to three win. And I said, I don't see them going either of them. I'll go in the middle. I'll go with I'll go with seven and nine this year. Uh, a solid seven and nine, improving from their three win last year, and uh, Patricia fighting to keep his job potentially, maybe. So I'll say seven and nine. A seven very solid and nine. Nine. Seven and nine. They getting fired, bro. Probably. Wow. <laughs> um, Pierre. If they go seven to nine, yeah. You go, you go. I want to see my last. Me, you go next. Me, I, I have them. Um, I have them bouncing back. I'm really high on Swift, and I think Stafford with the running game is a very, very, very dangerous offense. And I think this is the year that we finally, 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 finally get a running game going. I think this is the year. I know I said this last year. I know I said, I know I said this year before. And the year before. And, <laughs> and the year before that. And the year before that. <laughs> And year before that, and year before that, but I actually feel like we actually have three running backs that could carry the load, and and I really think we 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 have that right now. I don't think we've been in this position in a while that we had three guys could honestly carry the rock. So with Stafford the running game, I see the defense being middle of the pack. I see the I see this offense with Stafford with the running game, and the weapons that we currently have, I can see them being a top five offense. So with that being said, I do see them closing out games like they were unable to do last year because even when Stafford wasn't in the in the game when he got hurt, they were still in almost every single game last year. So this year with the healthy Stafford, a running game, I do see him closing it out. I do see them going eleven and five. Woo! Eleven and five. Eleven and five. Give me the division, baby. Ooh. Eleven and five. I mean, the division is wide open. Wait by me, but I, I, I would pull out right now. <laughs> eleven and five. Give me the division, man. I mean, the Packers didn't really improve that much. I mean, you could like make an argument that they actually like got worse. Um, awesome key pieces. Like they never fixed their run defense either, bro. Like their run defense was awful, and they never fixed that. The Vikings, they got some young guys. They're kind of like retooling their roster. They got worse. Um, the Bears are the kind Bears. Of the same. <laughs> kind of the, the Bears are kind of the same. I mean, they got Foles. Is Foles better than uh, Trubisky? Yeah, but is he like yeah, a so franchise quarterback? Know, I don't think so. <laughs> So, yeah. what do you got though? 
Okay, I'm gonna um. So I've been thinking about this. I hate making predictions. I really hate it. But um, so the Lions like before Stafford got hurt last year, they were a top three uh passing attack. Their vertical offense was going. Bevo was like thriving with it, and then like he got hurt, and then guys on defense got hurt, and everything just kind of like went to shit. But I could see like a nine and seven, ten and six playoffs. I mean, we just talked about the division, but wild card. 17 playoffs this year. A wild card? Well, let's say 10 and 6 wild card. Okay. I mean, I hope you guys are definitely right. I will say this, though. I agree with you guys' take on the division, though. I don't think the Packers improved very much, and I think I, that 13 and 3 was overachieving most definitely last year. I don't Over, think they're 13 and 3 team. Yeah, overrated. Overrated. Vikings as well. They had a very nice draft. I'm not going to doubt their draft, but you got to account, account. Xavier Rhodes sucked ass, I understand. But they lost essentially every corner they had on their roster. Rhodes is gone. Trey Wayne is in Cincinnati now. And both their corners are rookies. They have... Oh, Mackenzie uh, Alexander, too. They lost him, too. And Mackenzie Alexander, yeah. So they have Mike Hughes, who they drafted, I believe, two years ago. Bolton Hill, I think. Yeah, and then they got their guys they drafted this year. They have Jeff Gladney, and they got Cam Dantzler. Solid corners. I like them, but like to too. expect them to start day one and, you know, make a huge contribution, that's a huge take. And the guy we mentioned earlier, you know, this is... It's a big guy. I mean, Everson Griffin, you know, he's been a beast for them on their defensive line. You know, right. you think he might go back there, but as of right now, he's not a Minnesota Viking. So, you know, their defense is new. It's different. So it's going to be interesting to see how it is. Captain Kirk, you know, he lost to Fon Diggs, another big target. Yes, they got Justin Jefferson, but, you know, that's, a, that's another team. Like, you know, it's a lot of question marks. You know, we got to see what they'll do. And then the Bears, you know, yeah, they got Robert Quinn, who's a nice addition to that defensive line. They already had a very nice defense in general, so I don't – the offense has been holding them back. They didn't really do anything to improve the offense. Same running backs, same wide receivers for the most part, and then they got big dick Nick. So, what? Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what they are. I don't think they're very much better. I don't think they're very much worse. So Wait, wait, wait a minute. What's the, do, wait, wait, wait a minute. We're, just gonna yeah. speak, we're not going to speak past like you need to say that. That's his nickname. Big, big, I got no comment. No comment. <laughs> you just can't be going around just saying, giving a, another grown man a nickname like that. Yeah, yeah, I would never do that, but that's Tyler, bro. <laughs> Wait a minute. Philly, man. Philly, man. <laughs> Gave him that nickname. Like, like Kevin Hart, you got to say pineapples after that shit, man. You can't just. <laughs> got to say pineapples. You can't just, can't just say that, man. <laughs> You gotta so, give yeah. a whole word, okay? All right. Well, well, all right, we'll go a little more holy here. Saint Nick, they acquired Saint, Saint Nick. Nick. There we go. There we go, man. There we go. We'll go a little yeah. more holy. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, they they didn't really much to improve. So uh, I don't think this division's as good as it was in the past. I think it's been one of the weaker NFC Norths in the past. I think since me watching ever as a football fan, I've never seen the NFC North this like mediocre. I agree. So. Like the top. I feel like Detroit, Minnesota, and Green Bay all have a chance to win. I just don't have that much confidence in the Bears. But like, like, are you scared of any teams this year? Like, I'm not scared mm-hmm. of any of these nah. teams. No, nah, man. Not I think really. We, we, I think that's what I told you. If this team is majority healthy, we have a shot to win. We're gonna be in every game if Stafford's healthy. So it all depends if can they close out. Last year they had that problem closing out. 2000, 2016, there were that comeback team that always came back and beat everybody. Can they get that magic again? Can they be that team that fourth quarter drive, fourth quarter wins, you know, closing out games? Can they be that team again? They, they were that team in 2016. Mm-hmm. 
can they do it in 2020? That that that's, that's the question. Yeah, they were that team in 2014 a lot as well. So yeah, I mean, like all these games that we should have won, and that yeah. they could have closed out. Even the tie, that was a game that we should have closed out, couldn't close 100%. out, end up tying. Green yeah. Bay couldn't close out. Chiefs couldn't well, close out. Green Bay game was like we couldn't close out. We had a lead. We couldn't close out. I Chiefs mean, couldn't close yeah. out. I mean, you can make the argument they could have very easily lost a lot of the games they won as well, too. Chargers yeah. game. Um, Chargers game. game. Or, all you know, game, all the games from 2016. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but good teams, they find a way to win. Exactly. Even, even, even at moments like that, they find a way to win. A lot of games are close. That's what I'm but saying. But it all depends on do you have the will to close it out. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners at Bed Online. NASCAR is back, and BetOnline has hundreds of games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter in for free. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online waging solutions. Guys, Looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to a whole nother level. They got the same ingredients as in Viagra and the Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on the full stock. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Bluetooth Online Precision is free of cost and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in a discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first order for free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHU.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. So let's go into the next question. All right. So this question is from Rapil the Lion. This question is, do you think the defensive scheme will be better this year or more of the same no blitzing man? What do you think, Tyler? Start off. Um, I want to believe, I hope that they could generate more pressure just from their front four. I don't know if I can say that on the, on the, you know, on the bat right now, but you know, we have a new defensive coordinator, obviously. Patricia is the defensive-minded guy, and he usually is the guy that's calling the plays. But we are getting another philosophy, another mind in there. We don't have Mr. Baloney there anymore. We have Corey Udlin now. So maybe, you know, Corey Udlin not necessarily is calling the plays, or maybe not necessarily it's his defense, but maybe he adds a little touch to this defense. Maybe he adds a little, you know, that little magic to that defense that Patricia needed. You know, maybe Baloney wasn't cutting it. He was just a puppet. <laughs> but, um, you know, Maybe Corey Udlin could add a little touch from what Philly was doing. Maybe they could blitz a little more. 
So I don't think it's going to be exactly the same defense as last year. I think it's going to be a little different. I think it's going to have a little Corey Udlin touch. So I don't know what that touch is yet, though, because, you know, we don't really know. He's never been a defensive coordinator. He's only been a DB's coach all his career for the most part. So I want to say it's going to be a little different this year. I think it's going to be a little different. I don't think Patricia's a complete dummy. He's just going to ignore that what wasn't working last year and just, you know, say, let's do it again. You know, let's rush two. Let's rush three consistently. I think they're going to change it up a little bit. At least it's my hope. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, what about I you, Peter? I think it's going to be like a little twist to it, too. Udlin comes from Philly, and you know Philly under Schwartz. They blitzed a lot. Obviously, Patricia won't blitz that much, but I think they'll add some more blitzing packages. Um, also, I think the D, the coverage-wise, they got better. They got a lot better. Um, adding Harmon back there, like as a free safety playing Walker, his natural position, the strong safety spot. Having Will Harris as that third safety, you know, and then Trufant and Dakota are an upgrade over Slate and Melvin, in my opinion. Um, so you got to upgrade there, and then you got now Amani like as a backup guy instead of like him starting right away. So I think they'll be better, and I think uh, plus they also added speed off the edge. When did we see that, bro? Like Aquara, they added some speed, so we yeah, didn't we sure. didn't really like see as much as that. Yeah, that that's that's where my optimism is, where I could hope that maybe they can get some more pressure off the edges more off the front four you know maybe not have to send as many blitzes but um you know we need some more pressure just from the front four in general but you know if we can blitz and you know generate some more pressure you know blitz jared davis every here and there that's always good so i think it'll be a little different this year i don't think it's gonna be the same thing we've seen yeah. all last year so they also added colin <laughs> some more athleticism to the front seven um yeah he could do it they added uh jaron curse he's also a safety he could do a little of everything cover play deep, play in the box. He's, he's done a little of everything. Um, so I think it's going to be a little different, but, like, it's still going to be a hella man. I'm not expecting yeah. the man coverage to go away. Uh, yeah. Just because man is, like, hard to be when you have, like, good players, you know? And they got the players to, you know, everything, you know, they've drafted. They've drafted guys that yeah. are, who will play man coverage. Just been true. They got, like, the DBs. They got the DBs to play man. Yeah. Exactly. They're loaded at DB. Jeff Akuda's a man corner at Ohio State. Right. Desmond Trufant was a man corner. Not always in Atlanta, but he could play man with the speed. And, you know, he's well, had cover the three. Like, remember, um, who was it? What was that corner's name? Michael Jackson. He pretty much said, like, cover three is very similar to man because you're just yeah. kind of running. Like, you're, I don't know how do I explain it. Um, so the corner is basically just backpedaling in his in his zone. Yeah, you just got one area. You're just playing deep. Yeah, you're playing deep. That, that's so it. Like that's... man, you kind of like play. You got to play like the slants, the post, but it's it's really similar. Tech technique wise is different. Yeah, right. Exactly. Just experience from experience. Technique wise is different. Play zone. You're you're facing the cornerback. If you're playing man, your you back is away. Yeah, so that's just a little bit little bit different right. of technique, but he'll be all right. He played yeah, man before. He know he, he knows how to play man. Yeah, he's a veteran. He's a vet, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Patricia actually has the pieces that he, yeah, that he can do what he wanted to do. So the way he wanted to make this defense and the way he wanted to attack quarterbacks and attack, you know, other teams' offense, I think he has the pieces right now to do that. Last year, I think he wanted to do that, but I mean, we gotta be realistic. He didn't. He didn't have his his defensive line healthy all year. He never had his full team, his full defensive line. Either two guys were out or, uh, you know, you're losing a guy. Trey Flowers is hurt. You know, he never had his guys. So if he has his full defensive line, I think he could do put pressure on the quarterback in different ways. I don't, 
I don't see them blitzing a lot because New England doesn't blitz like that. Um, but they're going to find a way to generate pressure. They'll find a way to, by, um, you know, setting I, – I see them setting four at the quarterback, but in, in varieties. Like, they might send two linebackers and two edge and might pull somebody else. So, it's going to be different. But I don't see them doing a lot of blitzing at all. And, it, and another thing is – uh, that kind of hold them back last year was buying in. You know, we saw guys like Darius Slay were not fully bought in. Quandre Diggs, you know, we had some guys sit out during training camp and or not training camp, but OTAs, and you know, we're considering sitting out training camp for contracts. Now we got guys that know what to expect. You know, guys that were in New England, obviously, they know what Patricia's going to bring to the table already. And obviously, with all this coronavirus going on, you know, facilities are closed down for the time being. We know what got, these guys are already, most of them at least, know what to expect already. We've got a lot of guys that have already been in a very similar scheme. So I think Patricia just got the puzzle pieces he's been looking for. It's just could he make it work? So that's going to be interesting. Yep. All right. All right. So this next question is coming from Shudith underscore Shakiri. And I hope I said his name right. If I said it wrong, I, I apologize. Um, his question is, any updates on Golden? Or any other free agents. So he's meeting Marcus Golden right now. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping he meet Marcus Golden. No, I'm uh, pretty sure you're not talking about Golden Tate. No, nah, Tate's <laughs> with the Giants. Marcus Golden's uh, a former Giant. Yeah. So like the the most recent thing with Marcus Golden was like there was a report earlier. Um, was it about a month draft. ago? In the draft, yeah, a month ago. During the draft, yeah, it said like the Lions um, have shown interest in Marcus Golden. Um, that's all there is right now. All, all is quiet. Apparently, his asking price is still too high. So uh, that's why he remains unsigned. And then about other free agents, Mike Daniels did say he's interested in returning to Detroit. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know back. if the, I don't know the interest back. is mutual. I, I would guess it's mutual, yeah, but I they just so. probably need to find the right number. Yeah, Maybe. yes, he needs to pass his physical, so... Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, obviously with all this virus, it is kind of holding back some guys like, you know, Cam Newton, uh, maybe Mike Daniels, who was injured for most of the year with the foot. So, you know, I think once start facility starts to open up a little bit, you might see some of these guys start to fly, fly off the board a little bit, and you know, maybe we'll address another need in the free agency. But as of right now, it's very slow. Not very much news going around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pull, I'm I'm pulling for Mike Daniels, man. I think I really feel like he has some unfinished business business here. I'd be down for that, man. We need another three tech very badly to go in that rotation with William, Nick Williams, and Deshaun Hand. Um, so I would, I would really like that. Actually, I think, I, I, one, I think he's one of the better options. Yeah, no, I, I, I really feel like a lot of fans, like they're pretty bummed out on his performance last year. So a lot of fans are probably like, "Ew, no," you know. But yeah. he was hurt all year, and that dude was. battled, battled out, and still played. Even some of the games that he played, he played. I mean, probably didn't notice him playing, but he played some games. Um, <laughs> hurt. He was hurting. The dude was in pain. So, if he's healthy, man, I think he deserves a shot to just show Detroit and the fans what he's able to do, man. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, um, Mike Daniels would make sense. Marcel Darius is another name that's been thrown Marcel around. Davis, yeah. That could make sense. And I like the guy he mentioned, Marcus Golden. I would actually love that fit a lot. Add some experience to that. Jack Linebacker, 10 sack number last year in New York. You know, yeah. that'd, that'd be nice. So. The thing is with Golden, though, his issues are like the same as Okwara, not really good in run defense. Yeah. So that's just – but he, he can get pressure. That's what we need. He could get pressure, yeah. If you could pressure the quarterback, yeah, just not at 10 mil a year. No thanks. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, they do have the cap to do it, you know, technically. Yeah. 
So Decker and Galladay extensions. And yeah, you know. I'm just I'm just saying if we want to think like all in this year or like go a little more in this year, then we have we technically have the cap, but mm-hmm. we'll see. So um, this question is coming from said underscore Bazzi zero four. His question is, does Patricia have what it takes to become the best coach in the NFC North? Pierre. Mm-hmm. Um, does, <laughs> does he have, he have what, it, what takes? it takes? I mean, like, I, I don't know because like Matt Lafleur was thirteen and three his first year. Mike Zimmer. Um, I mean, he's been really consistent in Minnesota. Like, they've been really consistent down there in Minnesota. I don't think they've really had a bad, like, a really sucky year. They've been good or average in Minnesota. With Patricia, he has to prove, he has to prove himself. I haven't really seen much from him yet. I mean, we have saw two losing seasons from him. So, right now, I'm going to say no just because, like, it's not fair to uh, Zimmer. I think Zimmer right now is obviously the best and Simon Close. So, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to say no as well. I'm just not a big fan of the defensive philosophy and the defensive scheme. I just don't – I've mentioned it before. I just don't think there's enough players in the league that just fit what Patricia wants to do necessarily. I mean, it could work. It could happen. I'm just going to say no. I'm going to leave it short. Like, I think he could be a great coach, but, like, right now to say he's the best in the NFC North, no way. Well, he says does he have the chance to become. That's what I'm saying. I don't. chance to become. I so. mean, if, like – but dude, Mike Zimmer is still in this division. Mike Zimmer is a hell of a coach. Yeah, that's true. But this so, is the thing. What happened if Matt Patricia wins the division next year? Everybody can look at Matt Patricia like he's the Detroit Lion God. <laughs> like, well, I mean, hey, it's possible. If we he wins, earlier, I mean, say, like that'll be crazy. If he wins the division, like that'll be the talk of the town. If he got the the the, the division, but. I told you guys my record prediction. I said seven and nine, so I don't think that's the best in the NFC North. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to say no. All right, go ahead, Tyler. All right. Am I reading some questions? All right. This question is coming from Austin Flunker. I hope I'm saying that right. Faulkner. Okay, there you go. All right. His question that he's asking, is this a make or break year for Carrion Johnson? If DeAndre Swift lives up to the hype, could he start? I want to start off with this one. So Carrion Johnson, I do believe it is a make or break year Somewhat. If he gets hurt, I think he, I think he's done. I think he's I done agree. with Detroit. If he get, if he gets placed on IR and has to miss you know a bunch of weeks, I think he's done. If the starting role for DeAndre Swift though, I think it's going to be what Detroit has done with their wide receivers in the past. Have like three wide receivers. It could be like one of those guys that goes off one day. You know, like one day it's GT, one day it's Marvin Jones, one day it's it was Anquan Bolden back in the day or Kenny Galladay, whatever. Um, and I think we're gonna see a little backfield of what like San Francisco ran. You know, they had three yeah. running backs that all contribute every game for the most part. One guy had the hot hand one day. One day was Tevin Coleman. One day was Burrito. One day it's Raheem Moster. I think we could see that. Kind of happened in Detroit. I think they have their two right now for sure with DeAndre Swift and Carry On, and then I think Bo Scarborough is another another third piece is a nice addition to that list. So I think you know limiting the stats of Carry On Johnson, not making him the guy, the number one guy that's going to take 20 carries a game, or you know just counting on him to take most of the carries. I think that could help Carry On Johnson a lot. But if he still gets hurt, even with DeAndre Swift and with Bo Scarborough. Then yeah, I think he, I think his time in Detroit is up. Yeah, I agree. You know, they say third year is your make or break year. This yeah. is third year. Yes, I mean he hasn't been healthy his first year. Second year wasn't healthy. This year, yes, he, he has to be healthy. Yeah, and like Purdue. play at least like thirteen games. You know, like not miss like half of the year. Yeah, I mean, 
I know we're talking about keeping carry on healthy. I just I just don't I, I don't see a scenario where carry on is, is healthy. I mean you, you look at carry on's career and you think like you'll think that we ran him to the ground. I mean I could count on one hand how many times he had twenty carries in the game. I mean we were limiting him already. <laughs> so it's not like oh we limited carry on to fifteen car- he was getting fifteen carries. Right. <laughs> it's not like we not like he was getting twenty, thirty carries a game. He he was getting fifteen. 12 we were we were keeping him safe and he was getting hurt so yeah he has a lot of proving to do that if he could be even a number one or number two and if he could stay healthy i think he's a hell of a back and again he's a hell of a back but can he stay healthy that's the question could you guys see could you guys see this could you guys see this potentially so we saw some games in san fran Obviously, they paid Tevin Coleman around $5 million a year. And we saw some games where he got like five carries a game, four carries a game. I could see that happening in certain games. If it's just a matchup favors DeAndre Swift and he's hot as hell, I could see Kieran having a game where he only gets four to five carries. And it's kind of taken off some load off of him and not, you know, it's almost a week off for him, almost a bye week for him. And I think that's going to benefit him a lot because I think there's going to be some matchups that they're going to favor DeAndre Swift so much more than on Johnson. And they're just going to roll with DeAndre Swift and maybe Scarborough is the short back or for like short line situation. We saw some games with Kevin Coleman like that. I can see that happening in Detroit with on this year. I mean, it's possible. I don't know if they would, though. It's just like, I mean, if you ask me who's a better runner, who's a better pure runner? Mm, I'm going with Swift. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. So. Yeah, Swift, Swift is a better, I mean, running between tackles, making guys miss. He's faster, you know. He he's a bigger play option, and I honestly think he's a better runner. So, yeah, Carry On is gonna have to have a lot of games like he had in Miami to kind of win that, that starting job because Swift he's gonna bring it. And you can watch his training videos. Swift is an animal. Yeah. All right. This question's coming from Aaron underscore two eight five. He just has a very simple question. Who's a surprise cut you guys could see? Hmm. Um, mm. I have one. I don't know if it's really a surprise. Um, say Nick Bowden, just because like they signed a fullback, uh, undrafted guy. I forgot what his name. Luke Sellers, I believe, or Stellers. Thank you. Thank you. I might Sellers. be wrong on that. I think it is though. And uh, they also have um, Nada, who they like, who they could use at fullback. And Bowden didn't also have the best year last year. Um, so. I'll say Nick Bodden for now. It could be a surprise cut. I know you guys have a name. Yeah, Luke, I, his name is Luke Sellers, by the way. I was right. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Great, good job, Tyler. I was like drawing a blank. Who's the guy? I, I, actually, I actually have a guy that could be a surprise cut. I'm not saying he's going to get cut. I just think it could be a surprise cut. And it's a guy who's actually in the transition right now with switching positions. Mm. And it's Jamal Agnew. And the reason why I say that is because I honestly feel like the reason why – He's making the effort to, or they're making the effort to switch his position. It's to save his, save his job in Detroit, because he has to. I, I honestly feel like Jamal Agnew, even though he's an All-Pro returner, I do think in order for him to make the roster, he has to be able to do something else. He can't just be a returner and land a spot in the roster. I don't. I see him as a liability as a DB. I so I think that's why they're making the change to wide receiver and see if maybe he could. You know, do something on that end. Yeah. But Jason Huntley was a guy who I think is going to, I honestly feel like he could make the roster because of his ability to be that bachistic role and to be that that role, that, that Percy Harvin type role where you could use him in the backfield, you could slide him out, out wide, 
And what can he also do? He can return kicks and return punts at an elite level in college. Now, can he transition to NFL like that? We don't know. But in preseason, if he brings back a couple kicks, everybody's going to say, oh, shit, what do we do now? If he brings back a couple kicks in preseason and he's able to do what he's able to do on offense as well, Jamal Agnew's job is, is it could be at risk. So, yeah, he could be my surprise cut. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you on this one, actually. I don't have another guy besides Jamal Agnew right now on my list. And it's kind of the reasons you brought up, you know, and it shows how low they are on him as a defensive back because you look at that nickel room right now. You got Justin Coleman, obviously. But who's, who's there? Who's there after Justin Coleman in the nickel room? You got, Divergent. Divergent. I was going to say Divergent. Like, that, that's how low they are on him as a defensive back. He, bro, it's, it's scary. Like, when I seen him line up, when he played DB for us, and he played the nickel for us. Every time he lined up there, my heart was just pounding. Exactly. Like, and that oh, was preseason. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap. He's out there. This is not good. <laughs> this is, is preseason. <laughs> like, my heart was pounding. So, I mean, I don't know, man. So, yeah, definitely. I think he could. He might be able to do something as a wide receiver. So, that's going to be interesting. And But that's the thing. I don't see him yeah. as a much better. I think the wide receiver room is stacked. I don't think he's better than Marvin Hall. I don't think he's better than Geronimo Allison. I don't think he's obviously beating Quintez Cephas in a job because I don't. that's not happening. And then if if he's just a little better than Jason Hundley, and Jason Hundley could do with that McKissick role, play running back, line up in the slot, could, you know, just a little, you know, a little downgrade to Agnew in the kick return or punt return game, then what is Jamal Agnew's spot on this team? If, if Hundley could do it at a solid enough level – then there's no need to keep Jamal Agnew in the roster. Then you could yeah. just have a guy like Jason Hundley because you have him activated on, on game days. More of a use, you know. If someone gets down, Jason Hundley is more of a use to the team than Jamal Agnew. Like you mentioned, you don't want to see Jamal Agnew on the field unless it's for punt returns <laughs> or kick returns. Yeah. That's, that's not a on Agnew. No, I kind of disagree with you there, Tyler, just because Agnew can play on all three, um, in all three phases, right? He can play on special teams returner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also his speed. Like he could be a good gunner if he like learns how to like on on special teams. Like yeah, they've never done it. I mean, he could possibly do. He has speed, right? And then also in emergency situations, say you have a ton of guys go down, he could come in and step in and play. Not ideal, but I mean, it's better than having like. That's my argument. I think Jason Hundley is better uh, emergency be situation a, than yeah, Agnew. Yeah, he's a better at corner. Talking about oh, corner. Oh, no, 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 no. No, oh, no, no. That's what I'm talking about. Hold Offense on. I'm talking special. about corner. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. There's no situation that Jamal Agnew is your emergency corner. There's, there's, like, there's no situation that Jamal Agnew is your emergency corner. Like, that that shouldn't even be a thought. Yeah, he might be the one, but that's not an ideal situation. Emergency nickel, maybe. I mean, if he like, was like on the outside. If you have, like, I'm just saying, like, if you have a ton of, like, injuries in a game, like, you could, like, I'd switch to it's safety. It's not there. ideal, but oh, he could I, come I in and play safety. corner for you, right? I'd switch to safety there before I do I Agnew. Yeah. I'd I think Agnew could play. I mean, I mean, you got to think about it. Who else we brought? We brought in that dude, Roberts. Daryl Roberts. We have Diversion. All those guys are better than Agnew as a corner. It's, we also brought in Tony McRae from the Bengals. Tony McRae. Ex- I mean, he's not good at corner. No, he's not. He, he's another one that's scary he's at a corner. Special teams he's dog, a, yeah, he's another one that's scary at, if you line him up at corner. Like, yeah. But I just don't. His job could be – the thing is, this is going to be the key right now. If Jason Hundley returned a couple punts or kick returns in preseason, the question is going to be flying. <laughs> I'm telling you, the question is going to be flying. Off. Is Jamal Agnew's spot locked for yeah. Detroit? And I don't think he even has to be better than Jamal Agnew. I think he just has to be, like, similar to Jamal Agnew or a little, like, worse than Jamal Agnew, I guess you could say. Like, I don't think he has to be better than Jamal Agnew. Like, I think if he could do more than Jamal Agnew, then – 
then I think we could be looking at a position change there where we could be looking at guys that are more versatile. What does Bob Quinn always talk about? Versatility. So Right. And so Andy could play on all three phases. That's what I'm saying. Offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah. I guess. That's just that's just my argument about that. that that's um, fine. That's fine. He could. But the thing is, yeah, he's a he's an all pro kick returner. So I mean, it's gonna make it. He's difficult. like the best returner in the league, bro. He was the only one last year I think to have a kick and a punt return, like the only player. I know, but if he's not bringing something else to the to the team, man, and how if can Jason Hudley is a part of the offense and he could play kick returner. Then like I'd take Hundley. Well, we gotta see Hundley though. Like yeah, I mean, no, like, I know. That's why I said well, we, we know to- that. Yeah, I, like I said, the question is gonna the. The argument and the, the 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 battle, all this stuff is gonna happen if is if he returns a couple kickoffs or a punt return in preseason. That's when everybody's gonna lose their mind and say, "Oh, we don't need Agnew. What's the point of having Agnew?" You know, then that's when you can get the get the controversy and stuff. Yeah, I mean, but exactly, we don't know what to expect. Jason Hundley came from New Mexico State. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that, he, so. it could be bad. <laughs> this this guy could maybe not even be good in the NFL. That's exactly. very, yeah, we'll very, we'll very possible. But I'm saying is, if he could translate his college to the NFL, it's scary for Jamal. Yeah. I'll just say that. But yeah. I'm not going to say not, that because it's not a good scenario for him. But I'm not going to say that because we don't know that yet. Because we don't, we haven't seen him yet in the NFL level. Right. Let's move on though. All right. Um. This question is kind of similar. This is more of a fun question. All right. This is from Mark underscore the underscore shark 313. Who is your all-time favorite lion? And my, I, I already know ooh, your answer. Ooh, What's ooh. My all-time favorite lion, you, you probably think it's Barry Sanders. probably think it's Calvin Johnson. Nope. It is no, the original toll drag swag number 13 for yeah, Detroit yeah. Lions is Nate Burleson. All-time favorite line. I don't care about stats. I'm talking about repping the city. I'm talking about always having our back. Nate Burleson is my favorite line all time. It just is what it is, man. Until this day, he's a, he he he's looking out. He's always looking out. Can we can we get the audio from the 2018 draft calling the carry-on pick? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> oh hell let's yeah. Put, let's put it in here. Oh let's hell go. yeah. Yeah. We audio. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. He he just. Even when he was on Detroit, man, I'm not sure a lot of people remember. He, to me, he was the original. He was Golden Tate before we had Golden Tate. Now, Golden Tate, stat-wise, was a little bit better. But he was Rack, the the the, the Yak King, before before uh, Golden Tate got here. That dude was, he was putting up Yak Yards. And even though his success wasn't there in Detroit as far as like being that 1,000-yard, consistent 1,000-yard receiver. But, man, he, he put, you could tell, like he was a guy that put his all to Detroit. So yeah, man. To this day, Nate Burleson. You know who I thought it was gonna be though? I know you're a huge fan of Burleson, obviously. I thought you might have chose Barry because you know you you that was the Barry, reason why that was the reason Barry why you became me, a Lions fan. Yeah. Barry got me he got me to become a Lions fan and Barry's a special beast of his own, you know. Yeah. He's a he's a runner that I've never to this day, and it's crazy because as time goes on, you know, the game evolves, you know, players get faster, you know, more agility, more athletic. To this day, it's been over 20 years, and I could honestly say I've never seen another running back like Barry Sanders. To this day, we could say, oh, Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson never, his footwork is nothing like Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. So what Barry Sanders, to this day, is he's a special beast on his own, special beast on his own, but Nate Burleson, man. Is he that your is, number two, though? Barry Sanders, yeah. He, Barry Sanders would be my number two. Gotcha. And, and, it's, and it's, it's close, but it's just what? What Nate Burleson represents and what he brings to 
every time he even talks, just yeah. good morning, good morning football. Every time he talks about Detroit, I mean, like everything, man. Nate Burleson, man. And Nate, if you if you're listening, Nate, you know I've been trying to get you on the podcast. So <laughs> if you could just come on the show, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> awesome. All right, uh, Peter, who's your guy, man? Um, my guy is Calvin Johnson. Okay, another uh, receiver. Even though he hates yeah. us right now. Dude, that's like I'm just messing with that's you. That's on the line, bro. You don't ask like a star to pay a million back. That's on the lines, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was wrong on their part, man. Yeah, but you know they they came from the Patriots. Bob Quinn doesn't give a shit who you are. That's how they are at New England. So like, whatever. That's a story for another day. But Megatron, dude, like, bro, I remember in the playoffs in 2011, they jammed him like he was like a uh, punt returner. Like uh, a, a gunner, a gunner, a gunner. A gunner. Yeah, they literally gunner, gained him in the red zone like he was a gunner. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I've never seen this. Yeah. And I've seen him make like highlight catches, catch over like three dudes, the Bengals game, the Cowboys game. Um, though his speed at his size is so rare. Like I've never seen a guy move that like that big move like that. He's just like an amazing guy too. Like he was never like a diva, never like a diva, always humble. Um Great both on and off the field. Never had issues, you know. Like, most of the time, like, really great wide receivers. Not most of them, but, like, sometimes they become divas. Like, you look most at that line a little. T.O., Chad Johnson. Randy. Randy. Randy um, most of them. You can say most Odell. of them. Odell is kind of a, li- a little bit of a diva. A.B. But then you have, like, your A.J. Greens and Julio's, whatever. Anyways, what I'm trying to say, like, Calvin was, like, the definition of what you want on the field and off the field. He's just, he's great, man. I, in my opinion, he's a top three wide receiver of all time. That's just my opinion, though. I, I love him, bro. He's, he's a top three? Top three wide receiver of all top time. Top three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's cool. I have, I have two guys that are my all-time favorite lines, and they're guys that were no longer with us as well. Not, do we have one on the podcast? We had one of them on the podcast. We've oh, we had one of them. them. Oh. Not both of them. Um, I have three of them actually. <laughs> say one, say one, say one. Oh, that's actually, tough. no, I'm a- I actually want to hear all three. All three? Okay. All right, let's hear Wait, all three. Is, is uh, Don Muback one of them? <laughs> that's like one of my like my my, <laughs> my joke ones. But yeah, oh, okay. See, so he, yeah, okay, so he's not your but, favorite favorite no, line. Okay. So we've had we've had two on the podcast and one that's never joined the podcast. Whoa. Um, one of them, Golden Tape. Golden oh, Tape. GT is one of my guys, man. I just loved his swagger on the field. And this was kind of more like, I guess, story that was like kind of connected with me. That's kind of cool. So I remember this was back in 2015. I'm going to my cousin's house. Obviously, I was running my Lions Nation account. I was only, I wasn't even a full year running the account yet. And I just checked my IG. I'm only like at 2K followers, whatever. I check my activity feed. I, I refresh it, whatever. And I see like five minutes ago, Showtime Tate has followed you on Instagram. I'm like, refresh. Like, is this a mistake? Is this a mistake? (laughs) (laughs) I click on it. This is a fan account. I see the check mark. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) this is Golden Tate. And it it was wild, dude. And ever since then, like, he was the first player that ever followed me. So, like, I just had that, like, more love for him ever since then. So, and just like the, the player he was, he gave me my favorite memory as a fan ever was in 2016. Uh, packed the bag, start the plane because this game is over. When he did the little flip in the end that zone, was, that was so funny. One of and, my and 
you left out the best part of that that whole that whole touchdown. Cause this game no. is over. Oh, the the stiff arm on Harrison the Smith. The stiff arm to Harrison <laughs> Smith that made people change his Wikipedia that he was <laughs> that he was died. dead that that he died that day. Yeah. They say he died by a vicious stuff for him. Like it was crazy. Yeah. That was no, a highlight that play. Wow, that's one of my favorite games of all time. If that is my favorite game of all time. So I love GC. Just love the swagger on the field. Number two on the list. This is hard, man. Glover Quinn, our one of our first big interviews on the podcast, obviously, episode sixteen or seventeen, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, he just kind of gave us that break on the podcast where he got us our name out there, essentially. Like, you know, if you guys didn't know about us, a lot of we got us so many listeners from that interview with Glover Quinn, you know, and he spent a whole hour just talking with us and right. not just with us talking his his show on the field. man, He never missed a snap. I mean, he missed one snap and he wanted to be out there. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was wild. I love the guy's mentality. I think he's a great person off the field and on the field. He was a great leader. I think he's a guy we've been missing on that field like the last couple of years, you know, since we haven't had him. Love GQ, man. One of my favorite players of all time. And he just brought that it when he came here from Houston in 2014. So, yeah, GQ, GT up there. And then the third guy on this list is Big Play Slay, the guy we just traded, man. Another guy that joined the podcast that kind of gave us our break. But Darius Slay is one of the guys, like, I actually – fell in love with him uh, with this work on the field the other two were kind of like just feel good stories for me because i kind of had stories connected with them big play slay was the first guy i fell in love just pure game loved him at the cornerback spot my favorite corner of all time and Ooh, my favorite and one of my fa- and one of my favorite lines of all time I'm not saying he's the best corner of all time but he's my favorite corner of all time i, love I just slay too bro just loved this game so much i loved his mentality in detroit always signing autographs at training camp you know, just a great guy in person in general, always right. visiting high school games, just a great guy. You know, I, I can't, that's all I could say about him, you know? And, uh, I remember this was recently before we traded him. I went to a high school basketball game in the wintertime this year and I go to, I was at Roseville and I go to a basketball game. Darius Slay's there. I'm like, what up Slay? I'm like, you remember me? And he goes, bro, I know who you are. He said, like, you're the podcast. I'm like, well, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like that just like grew it even more. But like, it was not even just like his personality. It's just the his game in general. So yeah, Darius Slay is definitely on that list. Those three, yeah, my favorite time, my favorites of all time. And you know, I'm kind of sad that none of them are on the team anymore. But you know, those are the kind of guys that like really got me into this team and that you know make me love this team so much. But those three guys you named, I love those guys too, man. Yeah. All those like Darius Slay. You guys know I didn't really, I did not want to trade him. Like you guys know this for a fact. It was it was hard, man. It was hard. It was hard, but like at some point you got you got to kind of realize the business side of things and like yeah. the personal relationship and stuff. It just wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, it was just done. I mean, Darius Slay. I'll say this: Darius Slay, personality wise, is the coolest guy in the NFL. For real. Personality wise, NFL. Yeah. He's the coolest guy in the league. He's a cool. I'm talking about this dude. He's a he's kid a, at heart, man. He's he's a cool ass dude, man. Yeah, and like and I have a memorabilia collection just Darius Slay. Like just Darius, like I have like a bobblehead, I got a signed big helmet, mini helmet. I That's I have so up. many signed photos of him. Like he's my favorite yeah. player. I I just I, like they call it a PC and autograph personal collection. Darius Slay is my guy. I won't sell anything that's Darius Slay related. You know, but, I wish I wish you guys would have. I mean, was able to see Dre Bly play. I don't think you guys witnessed. I didn't the, really get. To see, I know who he is, obviously. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I didn't see him play. Yeah, man, man, oh man. Yeah, he talking about talent at a corner. I think from what I witnessed of being a fan of Detroit, probably the best corner that we had in Detroit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, best corner. 
obviously um, not counting like Night Train Lane or anything like that. No, no, no. I, I didn't see Night Train Lane. Play, so <laughs> I'm not counting that. I'm talking about from what I witnessed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, didn't do we have uh, any other... take him under his like belt? Didn't like Drake? Because I remember when Slate came in the league or the second year after, he started like training with him, right? In Georgia or something like that. Did he trade with? Did he trade with uh, Drake? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, he traded with a former line. I mean, like a legend line corner. I don't know if it was Dre Bly or if it was. I don't remember. But Dre Bly, his, like pick six. That's all he. Picked. This dude, like he, when he got a pick, he'll take it to the house. And always <laughs> held it with one hand. Yep. When he, when <laughs> he put shady. The, you know, that's what he did, bro. When he held that ball, like he'll hold it one hand, and then like he'll do this thing that like, he'll put his hand up. And we did that. That means touchdown. Like it was great. It was fun to watch. He had a lot of pick sixes in Detroit, man. I actually have. I actually have a bonus question. Okay. okay. And this this is just something that happened randomly. It happened a couple of days ago, and I actually had some interaction on my Twitter because of this. Wow. Um Yeah, yeah. Well, was right. Um, <laughs> this is regarding Reggie Wayne. Oh, we, me and Pierre oh. were just talking about this. <laughs> so, so Reggie Wayne. Um, and this happened look like in 2015 that yeah. um. Yeah. He got let go from the from the Colts, and then Detroit wanted to pick him up. And they wanted to they wanted to work him out, and then his response was work out. <laughs> you got to Detroit, well, like, work out. What the hell are you talking about? But then he goes out ahead and works out with New England, and his response to that is because he did it because of Bill Belichick. What do you guys think on that? Did you guys um, did, did you guys like get offended of that? Like as a fan, like we got like we we haven't won. We haven't won. Reggie Wayne is a, a great receiver all time. For, he's been a great receiver for the Colts for a long time, but you know I was kind of shocked that like he, Detroit just kept him off an eleven and five season. Uh, exactly, exactly. And, and, the- he, and he knew Jim Caldwell because you know he, he was obviously with him in Indy. Yeah, exactly. So it, I mean, it is kind of a shot to Caldwell. I mean, I wouldn't say to Lions fans, but to Caldwell, like you know, he just came off eleven and five off his rookie year, and you know, you're just gonna shoot it down. You know, I mean, who who are you? You know, <laughs> like if you if they want to work you out to see how you are, I mean. Like he mentioned himself, he played what 14, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. And then we, on top yeah, of that, yeah, we want to see you. <laughs> didn't didn't he retire like maybe like two weeks after that because is his health couldn't 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 hold up? Yeah, I don't I remember. Mean, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. I, I know he signed with New England. He after his workout, he signed with New England, and then like within like two or three weeks, he retired. Yeah, you remember? You remember how Peter was mentioning divas for wide receivers? Yeah, <laughs> kind of like gives me like that little strike. I usually don't like to call out players like that, but like now, that's just. Like, disrespect now, now check this out guys and this is some this is some juicy stuff um i went on my twitter and I, I i actually i was really upset about that and i wasn't like upset upset but i was like you know reggie wayne i respect the hell out of this game you know in the colts when he had you know Peyton and what he's able to do with you know just in the colts in general man i, I you know i really respect this game yeah great career great career hell yeah um I actually took a little offense to that as far as being a fan. And just I just took, a, like, a, a, I look at that like a jab to, like, not only the organization. It was like a jab to the city, a jab to, like, like you're Detroit. Like, you know, you know it, I think it takes, like, a, a special type of toughness for, for a player to want to come to Detroit and, and accept that challenge. So I just take a little, just a little offense to it. And actually, I never really tweet to players. But I actually tweeted him, and he, it was funny because he actually replied back. I told him oh. that he kind of, yeah, I told him I said, I said, I said, Reggie Wayne, you lost me as a fan, man. And I, I kind of worded it that way, but I should have worded it differently. I should have said that I lost a little respect to, for you as like, you know, as a player that you were because of that. But yeah, he wrote back, man, and he was what saying say? his words. 
He kind of, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of put me in my place the way he said it. <laughs> he says, "Listen, pimp." <laughs> I say, "Start it off." Listen, <laughs> pimp. When he said that, like I was like, "Damn, man, he's about to, he's about to put me to shit right now, yo." <laughs> he right, said, he, he, "He said, listen, pimp. If that comment is what made you lose me as a fan, you need to really ask yourself, were you really a fan in the first place?" And I agree with him. And the reason why I say that is because I worded differently. I wasn't really a fan of the Colts, so it's not like I cheered for him, like, oh, Colts, go Reggie Wade. Not like that, but I respect the hell out of this guy as far as what he did on the field. Going going on to the rest of the the, the, the message. He says, think about all the time you said your favorite team sucks. No matter the sport, sucks or stinks. Should they say to you, don't cheer for them anymore? And he left it as that. I think it seemed like he was kind of implying you're a Colts fan in that tweet a little bit. Like I yeah, I mean, I mean, I, he took it, I, and I get it because he probably the way I, the way I worded it, I said because the way when I I did I retweeted the whole the whole um thing of him saying what he said about Detroit, and I put on the top as a comment to retweet. I said you lost me as a fan, Reggie Wayne, and that's why he came back and said you know all that stuff so i yeah. worded i worded it incorrectly because no i was i'm not a colts fan you know i'm not a i didn't cheer for him every sunday you know he's just a guy like i look at him like uh like 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 deandre hopkins like, yeah. Yeah, like like deandre hopkins you know i respect his game i think he's a hell of a player but it's just like if deandre hopkins if they wanted to work out deandre hopkins and then deandre hopkins said i'm not working on you guys you got the lines i'll lose respect for him too so i i should have said you know i lost some respect yeah. From you, for, for, um, for, for your comments like that, because I think it was a jab at the city. I think it was a jab at the team. A jab at the team. Yeah. And I think it was a jab at the fans. And then that's the way I took it, because, like I said, it, it takes a certain toughness. Nate Burleson, free agent, wanting to come to Detroit. Mike Daniels, free agent, wanting to come to Detroit. I, th- I think it takes a certain toughness to want to go to a team, and 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 face the challenges that that comes with it. Yeah, I think the only reason I take a little offense to it is because they came off a very successful season, 11-5, and and he knows Jim Caldwell. If it was something like now, if like DeAndre Hopkins honestly said that right now about the lines about Matt Patricia, honestly, I I wouldn't think about it. Because you'll have every reason, because look at all the stuff that's coming out about Jim Caldwell, about about, um, Matt Patricia. Patricia. Yeah, like you know how we just mentioned Jadavian Clowney. Like you, like I I don't think offense to that, honestly, because like we have no resume right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. So, but yeah, uh, Reggie Wayne, you know, eleven and five season knows Caldwell. Yeah, it's a little offensive. I, I won't lie. What do you think of year? Honestly, I don't give a shit. He was thirty six years old at the time. Like I'm being serious. He was thirty six <laughs> years old, and he didn't even end up playing for the Patriots. So who? He, I honestly don't care. Bro. Yeah, yeah, he retired two days if after. If I'm like, him too, I would have chased the ring too. I would have signed with the contender. And the Lions at the time, they lost Sue, Right, that's when they lost Sue. Year. Yeah, but they look filthy still, man. I mean, year two of Caldwell, I was, I mean, I was, that was the highest I've ever been on the lines, I think. I mean, yeah. I would have, I would have chased like a contender, like the Patriots have always been contenders. Um, who else was a contender? In the but his, his thing yeah. was, his thing was, we asked him to work out. I guess in his mind was what he was saying, what he was saying in that interview is that you, should just you guys <laughs> have, you guys have 14 years of of of, of tape. Yeah. For 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 you to sign me, you're the Lions. So you're pretty much saying like you're the worst team in the in the world. You I don't mean, need me to work out for you guys. You guys should be knocking on my door and begging for me to come to your team. 
like I said, I, I don't really care. He's yeah, 36 I mean, years old. He, um, he, <laughs> I'm not yeah, going to take an offense with 36-year-old wide receiver not wanting to work out for me. Good for you, bro. Go sign with whoever you want. I really don't care. Um, if it was like maybe like, it was like 28, 27, 28-ish, you ask no, him, man. he says no. I don't. <laughs> He's 36, bro. It's whatever he was. He was old as hell. He was like he, declining he, he, too. Didn't, he didn't play that year, so yeah, it doesn't bother me that much. I, I just I think it's care. a com. It, it, it was the comments that was just like, come on, dude. We don't. We should. We shouldn't beg you to Can play you blame for us. the guy though. Like before that 11 and five year, how were we? Like seriously. Detroit but Lions were the Detroit but, Lions. But this, is, this, is, this, is, this was a new regime. I mean, 11 and 5 with a new head coach. I mean, that looks appealing as hell. I'm, all right, we were mentioning the Packers, Matt LaFleur's first year. Let's say the Packers had a shit history. But Matt LaFleur goes 13 and 3. Yes, I want to play for the Packers. I mean, obviously, not me because I hate the Packers. But if I'm a player in the league, you know. You better not play for the Packers. No, after the Packers, but <laughs> but I'm just saying in general, bro. Like Eleven and five season, Jim Caldwell. You know the guy. That is offensive a little bit, especially to Caldwell, man. He doesn't deserve I, that. I don't care to be honest. Whatever. Screw Reggie. I don't really care. He's not the league anymore. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not even gonna say. Cause I'm not gonna say screw Reggie Wayne, man. I mean, he he is what he is, man. He had a hell of a career. It it is what it is, man. Just yeah. took a little. I just took a jab to it. Like I feel like he just like caught me with a hook with that. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I didn't that's... get any offense to it personally as a fan. I, I took it more as offensive as Caldwell, but whatever. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> All right, guys, that is a wrap. Episode 103 of the Pride Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this mailbag and some bonus about Reggie Wayne. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, if you want to come on the podcast and defend yourself, hey, you no, know, let's talk it up a little. Let's talk it up. Let's do it. You can call all us right. all pips, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. I, I, I'm down for that. <laughs> all right, guys. I'm Tyler. I'm signing out. All right, guys. Before I let you go, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all the support. Hope you are all staying safe, and I am out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm. You already know what it is, man. Leave them voicemails. You know, leave them reviews. That if you want to leave a voicemail, that number is 313-355-3116. And I am out. Peace. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com